Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Scoop Podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right, welcome into the Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin. You're watching on YouTube. You're seeing Don's video issues. We're joined by Don Callahan, as always. Big show today. Special guest coming up very shortly. We're going to have UNC General Manager Pat Suttis. Did mm-hmm. you say his last name? Yes. Suttis. Um, you know, kind of the guy who handles roster management and recruiting for UNC. So in about five minutes, we'll have him on. We're going to kind of intro the show here, and uh, and then we'll bring on Pat. Don, what's going on, man? Um, Not too much. Big weekend that we'll talk about for North Carolina. Um, we'll also talk about the weekend prior when I went to Atlanta. So I spent a few days um, traveling, so we'll get on to that. Beyond that, same old stuff. What about you? I know I – did you cover the, the Duke basketball game on Saturday? Yes, yeah. UNC okay. lost to Duke. Not good. They're and they're going to ACC tournament this weekend, so they kind of have to win out, I think, to to make the NCAA tournament. So that's what I'm preparing for this week. We're heading to Greensboro on Tuesday. Yeah, we were recording this on Monday morning. You're probably going to be listening to this, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. I think it will drop Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure. So we were recording this Monday. Um, and as Don said, yeah. So we'll do um the Pat Suttis interview. For about 25, 30 minutes should be great. And then we'll jump into kind of more hardcore recruiting stuff. Don is going to discuss um, UNC's visit weekend uh, for the Duke Carolina game and also um, anything else that happened in, in terms of the what the Atlanta, what was it going on in Atlanta? It was the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. A lot of UNC recruits there. Yeah, I know you did a whole um, weekly scoop on that as well. All right, we will bring on Pat Suttis next. So stay tuned for that. Um, remember, this is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt, GiantT-Shirt.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple, and then also on YouTube. We're doing all the podcasts on YouTube now, so make sure to subscribe there, like the videos, um, and you'll get alerts when we go live there. So Inside Carolina on YouTube. Next up is going to be our interview with Pat Suttis, and then we will discuss uh, UNC's recruiting weekend and the recruiting weekend down in Atlanta, I will be right back with Pat. All right, we want to welcome in Pat Suttis, UNC General Manager, head of you know all the recruiting operations at UNC. We're gonna jump right into it here. What's going on, Pat? How we doing, guys? Great. Doing good. Doing good. You <laughs> want is... you want to start off, or you want me to start off? No, I got it. This is Pat's second appearance on the Scoop 
podcast. You're now a reoccurring guest. We'll jump right into it. You've been on the job now for about one year. You were hired in early February 2022. So a general question here, how have how was the first year? How have things changed, developed? What's your kind of one-year-in um, perspective on this job so far? No, first year has been great. Uh, Chapel Hill has been great to me and my family. Um, that's always important. If, you're, if your wife and kids love it, then it makes your job easier um, because of all the time we got to spend away from them. So that's been great. Uh, changing, um, you know, we're run by the NCA, so that's uh, changing daily. So there's already been a ton of changes, more changes to come. I think coming up here in April with them voting on a couple other uh, new rules and changing things. So uh, from that standpoint, change a lot. Um, but no, just just excited about our signing class, excited about the 19 new guys on campus and obviously first practice yesterday. So got to see some of those guys. Uh, run around, had to double check to figure out who was what number. But uh, no, it was really good to see those guys get on the field and excited about the the new guys coming in. Had a great um, weekend this past weekend uh, with a lot of top recruits for the 2024 class on campus. Really, it was like an official visit. Uh, they were here for two days, got to see the, the Duke game and then stay for practice uh, yesterday afternoon. That actually leads into my question. I know you can't get into specifics on um... – you know, who visited and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. gen- generally, how did everything go with the guys you had on campus? A lot of big-time targets. Yeah, I think it went great. I mean, number one, obviously, um, you know, UNC-Duke game is bucket list for a lot of people to go to that game, you know, including myself. That was uh, my first week on the job last year. I got to go to that during the dead period, and um, that was exciting. Obviously, the outcome's not what we wanted, but the atmosphere, just just a chance to show these recruits our fan base, how passionate they are about sports in general, uh, especially for the ones that haven't been here to a football game. Um, I think that was huge for them to see that um, aspect of it and then stay, be able to stay, the, uh, most of them stayed the night. Um, we're able to sit in on meetings, go to practice and see, you know, a lot of our new coaches on, on the field um, uh, coaching our guys up. So was the, um, Pat, you're seeing my, my video. I don't know what it is. Um, so it, it looks like, uh, you guys remember Max Hedrum or are you guys too young for that? No, it looks like one of those old MTV, uh, yeah. I want my MTV. Don's yeah, having yeah, major definitely. video issues for those. Listeners. I don't know yeah. what, yeah, I'm I don't sure. know what it is. Uh, but you mentioned the, the practice. Was it purely just a coincidence that the first day of practice happened right after the day after the Duke basketball game? Or was there any sort of planning ahead of time where you guys were looking at spring practice when to start it and you're like oh look duke basketball game let's make this an entire weekend because it ended up working out perfect as you said it was basically a unofficial official visit weekend yeah no it's a little both um you know we probably would have started practice maybe on that saturday if it wasn't for the duke game so uh, but we always kind of max always kind of done you know that week before spring break um practice um but it worked out with the with the duke game for sure how much planning goes into a big uh, official visit weekend, not official visit, uh, a big, you know, visit weekend like that? Like how much ahead of time are you legit planning logistics and coordinating your staff and making sure everything, all your ducks in a row and everything for that? Yeah, the whole whole month of February, that was our number one goal. Um, obviously, it's a dead period, so you don't have to worry about kids coming on campus. So Alex White, um, Jess, Molly, all those people that work for me, uh, Julian, Daniel, they do a great job organizing this, communicating with the prospects when they're going to get here, getting as much information on the front end 
um, you know, as far as what they want to see, you know, we don't, we don't do a cookie cutter model where, you know, you're going to just tour this, you know, go see this, meet with this person. We want to know exactly what they want to see, uh, what their interests are before they get on campus. So that when they get on campus, uh, we have the best plan for each individual prospect uh, when they get on. But yeah, a lot of planning. Uh, the coaches did a great job gathering information. Um, and then, you know, they really got a chance to see what we're all about here at Carolina. So you have, you guys have gone away from, I guess, the quote unquote junior day sort of thing. Why, why is that? And I think you kind of touched on a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, everyone just kind of does the same things. Um, and as we've seen in college football, it's ever evolving. Um, so I've done this for a long time and junior days has always been like herding cattle. Uh, you got 150 kids on campus and you're just, you know, you're busing and you're just going from one thing to the next and just lecturing. And, and I think with attention spans of kids nowadays, um, and shoot, it was bad when I was a kid and I couldn't sit there for more than 20 minutes without, yeah. you know, falling asleep, whatever. It's just better when you can be more individualized and give them more one-on-one -on -one attention than just, you know, cause you never want to piss off a kid coming on campus and they don't get enough attention. And I think that's what junior days do. Um, so we really just say we're open all the time. Anytime you want to come on campus when it's not a dead period, come on campus. Um, and that way we're not just set on, you know, a couple of days of junior days and just trying to get as many kids on campus. So is the weekend like, like this past weekend, that's this is invite only, like you're targeting a certain select guys to come in. Yeah, we definitely target the guys that we, you know, we've offered one, um, two, maybe guys that haven't been on campus before coming outside the five hour radius can't drive. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there was a, you know, a bunch of kids that flew up here, you know, for the weekend. Uh, and stayed in the hotel, you know, hotels around the area. Um, so, yeah, we definitely target those kids. But any kids that want to come on campus, you know, outside of that, that haven't got offers, we're always open. You know, we had, um, in addition to the kids we had for the Duke game, we had, you know, additional 30 to 35 kids come to practice um, on Sunday. So we had about 50 kids in total. All right. We're going to move into the next topic here, the 2024 class. Every class seems to have its kind of own identity and exactly and like kind of how it flows and when you get your commitments, um, you have three right now. I know you can't talk about specific names, but how do you see this class developing um, when you see the commitments you think happening? Um, and kind of how do you see the flow of this class going up into sign day in, in December? I think it'll be the same as last year where you're going to get a bulk of your commitments in the summer. Um, you know, you get, again, I think it's going to be a huge month in June for official visits. Um, we've kind of cleared up some things, you know, it's good just trial and error. You know, last last year we kind of had two big weekends in June and still had camps and stuff going on the weekends. This year we've kind of moved the camps away from the weekends so we can clear up all the weekends for official visits. Um, so I think it's going to be the same thing. I think guys are going to take three, four official visits in June, commit sometime end of June, July, um, and we'll be in the same place as we were last year with a, a bulk of our recruiting class done um, as far as high school and then, you know, kind of see what we need in the portal, you know, throughout the year. Yeah, that kind of brings me my question is how do you juggle it? Because uh, um, last year you signed a bunch from out of the portal. So how do you how do you determine we're going to go to portal with this position or with this scholarship as opposed to going high school? Yeah, I think you have to look at each individual individual position as far as what year they are, because um, you don't want to get a lot of kid, a lot of guys at the same position that are the same year. If you have too many seniors, you're going to have to replace a lot. If you have too many freshmen, then, you know, you don't have enough experience. So 
we really base it off that um, experience wise, what we needed. Um, you know, we lost a lot in the secondary, obviously we need more experience and that's why we target a lot of secondary guys in the portal this past go around. We lost experience at receiver um, and still had some younger guys that, that were coming on last year and will continue to come on. So that's why we had to add some, some veterans like, like Nate and Tez. So it all depends on that. And I, I try to even out the classes Um Thank God, uh, I guess after this year or next year, the, all the COVID guys will be gone. So you don't have to worry about are they using their COVID year yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it will kind of balance out a little bit and and uh, help us out with ro- roster management. So we're going to go now. I think the two kind of hot topics in recruiting is, is Transfer Portal and NIL. So we're going to focus kind of the, the rest of this interview on that. And you kind of led into Transfer Portal there. I got first a question. Which of these um, of, the, I think you had, nine transfer portal guys maybe 10 yep. which are you most excited about personally um obviously they, you got to see some practice yesterday yeah i'm really excited about all of them to be honest and i know that's a generic <laughs> answer um, come on you know i i know what i'm getting out of the georgia tech guys obviously um yep. but still excited that they're on campus but i know what to expect out of those guys and um you know just being around them i think i think tez walker is um is um, just judge of the first practice, he's going to have a huge year for us. Um, and very excited to see him. Um, you know, Elijah Huzzy in the secondary, he's coming off, you know, a guy that's just a ball hawk, um, coming off the, you know, he's got a lot of experience. Um, so really excited to see him play, uh, Amari Gaynor, um, you know, coming off and playing that Jack position has played in this league, has been a productive player in this league. Uh, he looks the part. Um, again, I had to do double takes on who these guys were. You're yeah. like, who the heck is that? Um, so that was exciting to see him. Um, Armani Chapman, obviously great experience in this league. He knows this league inside and out. He's been productive, very smart football player. Um, so really excited to see him. And then, you know, our specialist, man, can't forget those. My, my guy from down under, mm. um, um, he's got a huge leg. So excited to see him, you know, Ben can kind of show him the ropes. That's what's good with Ben being back a year can kind of show him the ropes and get him adjusted to the, to our game. Um, and then Ryan Coe coming in as another guy with a huge leg and, uh, will be able to help us out. What sort of impact have the new transfer portal windows kind of had this, you know, this time for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's tremendous impact. Again, you ha- you have these windows, um, but then if they're graduated or yeah, going then there's no window. Jump in, there's no <laughs> window. So it's really like, you know, I appreciate what the NCAA is trying to do, but yeah, at the same time, it doesn't really slow things down. But you know, December is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's just that's probably the one thing from a coaching standpoint um, and a college football standpoint, we got to clean up um, because there's too much going on for head coaches and assistant coaches in that two week window. Um, That's obviously time. There's a lot of coaching changes. So head coaches are trying to interview coaches. They're recruiting um, all their, you know, current class, the recruiting transfer portal, you're recruiting your own kids on campus. (laughs) There's not, there's not enough time to do that, especially when you play in the, uh, championship game, uh, conference championship game, you you know, you don't have enough time. So uh, that's something I know that that coaches across the country are trying to get cleaned up with the NCAA to figure out what's, what the best plan is moving forward. Well, so I've tried to think about this because it's so hard because obviously at the holidays, you can't move those. You can't really move, you know, the bowls and the, and the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. It, you know, 
what what can you do in your and I'm asking you more of your opinion sort of thing. Yeah. I know obviously it's out of your hands. What do you think? What's the solution here to kind of help with that? Because December is nuts. Yeah, I think I think even moving early signing day earlier okay. um, is the solution, you know, and, and not and I know other sports kind of do this, not make it a day, but just a window where they can sign. So whether that's the entire month of August or I don't know what that is, but you see everyone taking all their official visits in June and they're committing, let them sign in August. And yeah. then if there is a coaching change, they should be able to get out of their NLI. Um, I think that would alleviate a lot. And it would help these high school kids, especially with portal that, you know, guaranteed lock in their spot mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, teams can't drop them. You know, I think you see a lot of that. Obviously we don't do that here because we're selective on who we offer and who we take, but um, teams across country, you know, there's horror stories about high school kids getting dropped two days before signing day because they want to add portal kids. So mm -hmm. I think that will clean some of that up uh, whether that happens or not this cycle, I, I doubt it, but hopefully in the future they can look into that. So with the transfer portal process, let's go back to this the class you just signed. What is it you have, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks to evaluate these guys once they enter the portal? What does that look like? Like, how do you identify who you need? Obviously, you got to figure out your needs first. Yeah. Figure out who you want, who's available. And then how does that recruitment process work? Um, can you kind of go through that process from your side, from once they enter, once they enter the portal to when they arrive on campus or when they sign, commit? Yeah, once they enter the portal, um, you know, myself and my staff will, uh, one, get the film, which it's easier nowadays. In the past, you had to call your video guy and say, hey, we need film from ETSU loading mm -hmm. our system ASAP. And that might take a little bit of time. But now with PFF, um, we've got all the film at our, it, it, for the most part for every division at our fingertips. So we can watch that film. We always try to watch film of um, um comparative teams that we maybe we played that they played as well so we can see how they played against them especially if they're coming from lower level we always like to see what their best competition is and how they played against them um, so that was good obviously we took a bunch of kids from the ACC so we know we've seen them we've studied them um, my staff and I do advanced scouting reports throughout the year of teams we play anyway so we've got those reports so anyone that jumps in the portal that we've played before we already have a written report and we'll just go back and do a refresher so We'll watch that. We'll give it to the coaches to watch. As soon as they approve, then the biggest thing, obviously, is getting the transcript. Um, it's very, it's easier for us to take grad transfers um, here or guys that were just one year out because the progress towards degree is what what really um, gets a lot of these guys hung up in in the transfer portal. Because when you transfer, you lose credits, right? And so if you're a two, three year guy out, you might not have the credits to transfer in to stay eligible and stay on track. So that's the biggest thing for us is getting the transcript. Um, we got Joe Hayden, academic staff, and and uh, admissions office do a great job doing a fast turnaround to get us the information so we know. Because you might love a kid, you love his film, he wants to come, and then you get his transcript back and he can't come because uh, he doesn't have enough hours. So that's that's what usually happens. That weeds out a lot of uh, guys. Um, what's good is you know a lot of these kids now will tweet out, "Hey, I'm gonna go into the transfer portal," you know, after their season before that window opens so at least you have an idea of you know you can't talk to them but at least you have an idea of the guys that could enter um that have already declared so um it's 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 you know full speed and 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 you got to get that turned around fast because then you got to get them on a visit and you got to get you know it's only you only got two weeks to get them on a visit so um it goes fast so you just offer 
as quick as you can, talk to them, get them online with a coach, and then try to get them on a visit or, or just try to get them to commit yeah. without a visit. And what's, good, and what's good about that is these guys that enter the portal, it's it's not like high school recruiting. Yeah. It, it's all business. They understand. They're not trying to get a bunch of offers and release the top five and do all that kind of stuff. They're, they want to they know where they can go, where they can play, where they can be developed for the next level. Um, and so that's, that's the good thing about it. It's not that they're not going to, it's not, you know, high school recruiting condensed in a two week period. It's they, they know what they want, uh, for the most part, and they've already got it whittled down in their mind that, you know, two, three schools they want to go to. And then lastly on transfer portal, I mean, we touched on this earlier, but you know, you can get a guy who has three, four years experience or even, you know, who can come in to play immediately versus, uh, a freshman with no experience. I mean, how do you balance that? What's y'all's philosophy at UNC about, you know, starting to take more transfers and limiting the, the amount of uh, incoming freshmen that you sign. Yeah. Our, our philosophy obviously with the portal is to take guys that have experience that have tape. Um, it makes it a lot easier when you have college tape for us. Um, Cause even recruiting high school kids, you know, they could have great tape. They could have everything lined up, but just, whether it's the competition they played or they're maxed out or anything like that, uh, you just never know how they'll, they'll be at the next level, but we still want to take, we still want to have balance. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't tell you this year we're going to take eight transfers. You know, it just – it all depends on how it shakes out. It all depends on how much experience our younger guys get this year, um, how much depth we create this year um, um, to see what we're going to take because I don't want to be, you know, set of this is how many we're taking. We have a projected number at each position of, uh, you know, how many high school kids we want to take versus portal right now. Um, but that's obviously subject to change. You know, um, who enters the portal on our team? Yeah. who leaves early for the draft, all those type of things. But we want to have balance because um, you still have to, uh, just like the NFL, you still have to uh, grow and develop your guys to really sustain. I don't I don't think the model of taking big transfer portal classes every year is, is sustainable. Uh, one, for your culture. Uh, but two, um, I just don't think you just never know what you're going to get out of the portal every year. Yeah. So let's transition into NIL, which um... – I don't know if that excites you or, or not. Um, it is how what do you, it is, man. Yeah, so how do you guys, like, I know that, that you, you guys can't be super involved. How do you juggle it? I mean, what what's kind of, what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? And obviously I'm talking, I mean, we know guys are breaking the rules and everything, but yeah. um, what are you supposed to do? What's it, what's it like now? Yeah, so I, you know, I had meetings yesterday, one-on-one with recruits talking about it. It's part of, it's part of the, um, you know, visit process now. It's part of the tour. And if you're not doing it, then, you know, you're going to be missing out because um, they want to know questions. So we just try to more so educate them on what we can and can't do, um, which, like you said, there's a lot of teams breaking that rule, just talking to these families because they some of the rules I'm giving them, they had no clue. Um, so we really just go based on, the, one, the education of what we give what we give our players when they get here. Um, two, we go through just kind of what, um, the process is here and, and how we do that. Um, and then the only thing we, we are able to do, obviously you cannot entice recruits and say, you're going to get this, this, and this, and that's out of our hands anyway. You know, heels for life is separate. That's the collective that's separate of the university. That's separate of the football program, um, who they decide to pay and, and, and not pay is up to them. Um, but what we can do and, and what compliance has told us we can do is tell them, uh, what our uh, current or former players uh, made, whether that was through the collective, through their agents, whatever, whatever that's been turned into compliance and, and reported, we are able to say that. And obviously, 
Um, are the our guys that have success here playing and in, in the marketability of the Josh Downs, uh, Sam Howe, um, those guys, um, you know, they they're, they're taken care of by the, by the community here and, and just the way that they um, uh, market themselves. So who is telling them about that, that, you know, Sam Howe made X money during the visit? Myself, the, the coaches can t- can tell them, can tell okay. them that, yeah. So you're definitely putting together presentations with like, look, we, this is what Josh Downs did. This is how we marketed him, et cetera. Yeah. And we'll put out, you know, different tweets that they've done that they've been promoting, um, you know, different things and um, put that package together. We, we show all of our social media accounts, you know, Carolina community is strong on all platforms. So we show that, you know, Hey, once you commit and sign, these followers become your followers. And the more followers you have, the more, um, you know, different businesses want to reach out to you to promote their products because they know more people will see it. And is, so is Heels for Life involved in the recruiting process? Like, were they there yesterday no. or Saturday? Okay. They're not, that is a big NCA no-no that it so. is getting bro- broken at a lot of schools. <laughs> collectives cannot communicate with any recruits, cannot entice recruits to get on campus. The only time collectives, only people collectives can talk to is current players that are on yeah. your campus. Okay. So how is it different with portal guys compared to high school guys when it comes to the, the NIL, whether they're talking to you about it or, or, or the approach? Same approach. You know, we just, okay. again, we can tell them what our current players make. Um, well, I'm, I'm again, talking about, do you get more are more and are more transfer guys coming to you with, with NIL stuff or is it more high school guys or are they, you know, no, it's, it's, it's a little both, you know, some don't care about it. Some want to okay. get, you know, they, they know that, uh, on the back end, there's a lot more money coming. If you know, you can go to a place that can develop you and get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, also the education piece, obviously with this degree, uh, we, you know, the 40 year decision, that's, that's, you know, that's NIL for the future. Um, and then obviously with the signature shoes that the team gets that they get when they graduate, you know, that's, that's like a savings account where you got these <laughs> shoes that no one else has, you know, to use for however you want when you're done. So. I feel like, um, and, may, and pr- probably not the guys that you you guys go after for the most part. The the transfer portal guys. There was definitely some high profile guys yep. who get rich quick sort of situations. Um, did you kind of see some of that a little bit? No, yeah, for sure. And and I think NIL has eliminated a lot of guys on our board, high school mm-hmm. and portal. Okay, ones that are asking for m- money up front, and yeah. we continue to tell them we can't do that and all that. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's the number one priority, we're probably not going to get them, you yeah. know, um, and that's just the facts. And and again, we want all of our guys on our team to profit as much as on NIL. But I'd rather those guys that are here that have put in the work and all whatever. We're not going to promise anything to high school kids or, or, or portal kids because that's just not what we're going to do. That's not the Carolina way. Um, it's not legal. <laughs> uh, for, for one and i think you're starting to see some of these cases with the nca come out and we'll see you know how that progresses but um you know we just want to show them use nil like if you come here you do what you're supposed to do um there's going to be opportunities available um but we're not promising anything because one we can't and two that's not we want kids to come here because they want to come to carolina uh they want to be developed they see the fit they like the culture um, they want the degree, you know, the, and we're going to continue to do that. So uh, that that does narrow down the, the high school pool for us. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and we get that. So 
uh, we have to be more strategic. And that's why I think you'll see us kind of branch out of the side of the five hour radius a little bit more going forward, especially at certain positions. Um, but uh, we still have a great product to sell here. So you mentioned a little bit about um, the NCAA getting on some of these programs. I was reading about the the um, Miami thing with with the girl basketball players. And it just seems like, you know, it's like a slap on the wrist sort of thing. I mean, can the NCAA really do a whole lot that's going to prevent these teams from doing what they're doing? I think it's going to come uh, higher up than the NCAA. Okay. Or whenever, oh, oh. when it, or whenever this thing breaks away, or the super conference, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I, I just, you know, they're they've changed their model. You know, they came out, I guess, a month or so ago, or maybe longer than that, saying basically NCAA is looking at everything. You're guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. You have to, if you get turned in for tampering, you get turned in for inducing recruits um, through your collective or anything like that. They're assuming you are guilty unless you can prove that you did not do it. So. We'll see if that works. We'll see if that helps. They are kind of trimming down the 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 rules, um, so that way stuff that they couldn't enforce in the past, the phone calls, all that kind of stuff. I think they're gonna you're gonna see them start to trim that book down, so mm-hmm. they can focus on the bigger picture stuff, uh, mm-hmm. which is hopefully what they should have been doing in the past. Like, not uh, you know, a guy takes a picture on the field and makes a athletic stance, and they're gonna you know try to catch you on that. They're gonna try to catch the the bigger well, issue. But can they really, I mean, I mean, can they really do anything that's really going to make these guys stop? You know, unless, yeah. unless like you mentioned, high level, you know, government sort of stuff kind of gets in. I mean, beyond that, I mean, the NCAA just seems so powerless. Yeah. I think with Ed, you know, starting with Ed O'Bannon case and kind of working their way up any, anytime there's a threat of a lawsuit, you know, they're, yeah. they're probably going to cower up, but we'll see, you know, new president, uh, new chance to, um, uh, change you know the new president of nca so we'll see but uh not getting my hopes up okay all right we'll get you out of here appreciate really appreciate your time i think you have a meeting to go to i have one quick question a little fun question you've been in chapel hill now for over a year what's one thing maybe you've learned about chapel hill or, or a favorite restaurant um that you've discovered or something um with the time you do have that you you've kind of enjoyed about living here so definitely understand why they call it chapel hill um just taking different hikes and uh, even walking around campus um there's not a lot of flat flat areas so i understand that that part uh foods food uh i'm gonna go with uh mr tokyo is uh number one for sushi okay uh, in in my opinion uh that's that's the go-to spot a big sushi guy um you know i go back and forth between the steakhouse you know ben 54 uh, Stony River, uh, you can't beat Ruth Chris. So we, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we use all three of them in, in recruiting from time to time. So I get to taste test a lot. Uh, but no, you can't beat their restaurants in the area around here. Is Mr. Tokyo the one on 5501 out there in the shopping center? Yeah. It's next to the, the Mexican spots. Uh, yep. Don't they have like an all you can eat lunch thing there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, we have to, we have to <laughs> hit that up. Yeah. Hit, hit that up um that's that's the go-to spot though awesome all right pat we appreciate your time um as always very informational yeah thanks pat yeah appreciate it guys take care all right all right and we appreciate pat first time that was very informational we'll talk about it after the break let's talk about johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com your one-stop shop for all your unc apparel needs it's springtime you know you got you gotta get your jerseys your shirts t-shirts polos head johnny t-shirt 
uh, and johnnyteacher.com. Check that out. Remember, all Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off. So if you're waiting to subscribe, if you're listening to this podcast, you're interested in football recruiting, all of Don's stuff is behind a paywall. So make sure you subscribe to Inside Carolina and also get that 10% off discount code to Johnny T-Shirt and johnnyteacher.com. We appreciate their support. They're local, uh, great customer service, You know, local independent company, UNC alum. So we appreciate everything at Johnny T-Shirt does for this podcast and inside carolina podcast network a couple national ads we'll be right back to wrap up this podcast um as don's video still struggles uh we're back very quickly this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Don, let's do a quick recap of the Pat Suttis. I'm saying it right. Suttis? I believe so. Okay. I always feel like I'm messing it up. Um, yeah, he's great. He's great. Sharp. Um, oh, yeah. So we, we both kind of know him a little bit. Um, did you learn anything? Anything that stood out to you about the, from the interview? Yeah. The NIL stuff is always really interesting. Um, the, um, you know, I, that, that's the one area that I, I just don't feel like I have a firm grasp on, you know? So it's always interesting whenever I can kind of sort of piece it together a little bit and then just kind of obviously I think we're in line to to see some changes to the recruiting landscape and in college football in general for the next few years so any sort of insight and get into what potential changes we can see is always pretty good what about you what would you take away um I mean I think the transfer portal and just how it's evolving I think there's just so many changes right now it's interesting to see someone who's in it, see how they handle it. And UNC is going to be different than schools like Miami or, or Clemson or Tennessee. They just, they don't have the NIL stuff. They just don't have it as much right now, or I don't know if they will. It's just not part of how they operate as much. So that's interesting to see. Um, you know, I mean, I think UNC has a, these visits, the Duke, I mean, that's a huge advantage to have a weekend like they did with the Duke game. Cause you have so many recruits that want to come for that game. So it gives them an advantage there. That was interesting as well. Um, that's it for me. Okay. Just, just good ball talk. Do you want to get into just the weekend real quick since we kind of touched on it a little bit? Yeah. How was the – yeah, so the the Duke visit weekend, I mean, what stood out from you? I haven't I haven't read I mean, anything you put out yet, but um, 
Well, I haven't really put out anything yet. Um, I've been been working on it. Yeah. Happy um, birthday to Don. Don's birthday was on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So go? yeah. Um. Well, we kind of sort of celebrated on Saturday. I thought here's here's the thing. Like, I'm not a big birthday person, and I only do all these things because like my family like gets on my my ass about it. And so I thought I knocked it all out on Saturday, and then like everyone's getting on to me about how we have to go out to eat for my birthday. And so we we settled on just um, I was like, can we just order like Jersey Mike's or something? And so I was able you're, to get that. So you're an every you're just an everyman guy, <laughs> you know. You want Jersey Mike's for your birthday? Well, um, I I've been on this. Didn't weren't they a sponsor at one point? Yeah, I think we had to deal with them for one podcast season. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. I just wanted, I just wanted a hoagie or a sub. You know. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah. Happy birthday, Don. Forty-two. Forty-two. I feel God, fifty-two. Young man. I feel 42, fifty-two. And had one job your whole life. Well, I've had multiple. I've had I've had some jobs when I was in college, but yeah. What are the for, jobs for... you got? What are the jobs you gotten fired from? I got fired, I think, only from Coles. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so this weekend, um, beyond my birthday, um, because I'm sure a lot of people don't give a crap about it. Um, <laughs> I thought, and we touched on this a little bit with Pat, I thought it was just so ingenious to have the – the, the practice on Sunday with the Duke basketball game because it kind of forced a lot of guys to to stay the weekend, to stay the night. And I think have having kids stay overnight and it not be an official visit is is just tremendous. Are, are, they, are, think, they, are they staying with players usually? Like you said, like apartments I, and stuff? So I imagine most of them just booked their own hotels. Okay. But could there have been a scenario? I just from from – the little that I know, I think most of them booked hotels that stayed. So, um, but I mean, and in some instances, you know, and I, I kind of was maybe a little critical of um, some of the guys they had coming. With, you know, the the Anthony Carey kid, the running back from the four star running back from Florida, um, him visiting after he released a top twelve that didn't include North Carolina, and then also Brody um, Barnhart, who um, had top three that didn't include North Carolina, he came, and and then Zion Ferguson, who has been committed to LSU since um, September, mm-hmm. he also was brought in. And I was a little critical of that. I kind of thought I was a waste. But I think at least in this situation with uh, Barnhart and Carey, it probably ended up putting North Carolina in a really good spot. I think Zion's going to stick with LSU, and we probably won't hear from him again when it comes to North Carolina. Um, but um, I was actually pretty um, – I felt a lot better about North Carolina's chances with um, with Kerry in particular. Barnhart, I think, you know, he kind of the re, the schools that he narrowed it down to. I think originally was NC State, Virginia Tech, and West Virginia. If I'm getting that right, you know, those schools have a certain feel, personality, and I think those fit him. Mm-hmm. So that might make it difficult for him to choose North Carolina in the long run. But I think it definitely that the weekend definitely gave him something to think about. Now he didn't stay for the practice. It was mostly the out of state guys, but I just think that just getting those guys to make it a two day visit 
expose them to the Duke basketball game and then expose them to a practice, having them stay overnight. Some of those guys hung out and did things on Saturday night was um, was tremendous. A lot of those guys ended up going to Mac Brown's house, which because of NCAA rules, him him living within an, a mm-hmm. uh, mile distance, that's permitted, whereas typically that would only be permitted during an official visit if he was outside of that one-mile um, one radius. So another benefit. So ba- they basically got official visits out of these kids, even though they were unofficial visits. And I think that that's going to help North Carolina with those with those uh, recruits. There you go. And you had a, um, a commit. Uh, Rosinski was there. Wasn't the linebacker there as well? Yeah, Evan Bennett was there too. Okay, I'm looking at your list here. Um, who were the other? Jonathan Paler was there. Uh, Jake Merklinger. Mm-hmm. Um Law, I don't, so. don't want to give away a whole lot of premium content, but we, I was able to speak with, I think there was like about, I don't know, like 16 or 18 guys, uh, all offered prospects um, that were that were at least there for Saturday. A lot of the in-state kids didn't stay for the practice because they, I guess they figure they can always come back for a practice, but I got up with a good amount of those guys definitely the, the the top guys like Merklinger I mentioned Anthony Carey um the running back uh, Davon uh, Gauss another four-star running back from um Florida I got up with all those guys got up with Barnhart we'll have updates on all of them in in the next week or so so definitely check that out as you mentioned I mean we're recruiting we're recording this early Monday morning mm-hmm. so I've been working on some of the stories but I haven't posted anything but I hope to get a couple of them out at least by the end of today, and then have more later on in the week and beyond. So, where are we in the recruiting calendar now? Are there going to be more visits weekends or or? Yeah, spring, yeah, so, pra- spring practice started Sunday. We'll open spring practice on um, Tuesday for the media. Yeah, so basically, we the the February dead period obviously just ended, and so we're in kind of the the spring season where kids are just taking a bunch of visits. Most of those visits are occurring over weekends and will be in um, conjunction with a, a practice at a school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see a lot, a lot of kids have tweeted out these lengthy, you know, a dozen schools that they're visiting, which is pretty impressive. You know, so a lot of these kids are taking these visits, and then through these visits, they're going to decide where they want to officially visit, and those official visits will occur in June. So... You know the guys who visit over the over the weekend. It's it's pretty big in determining just how you know where they go with North Carolina. Do they take an official visit? And some of the guys, I'll say, scheduled official visits, and we'll have that information um, later on. When's the earliest they can take an official visit? It's in April. I I okay. don't. I'd have to look at my notes if it was if it's April first or if it's a mid. Let me see if I can find. I might actually have it right here. That's crazy. Um, April, I believe April first, they can be- begin taking official visits. But I'll tell you that most schools and most kids are going to wait until um, June, and maybe some take take officials like in late May. I just, you know, I just think for everyone's timelines, June it just seems like it fits a lot better. Yeah. Okay. Big official visit. Big unofficial visit weekend for UNC. Um, and then last weekend you were in Atlanta for the Atlanta Under Armour, Under Armour yes. camp. Are the openings still a thing? Opening camps. So the openings have uh, this year. It's I don't Nike's believe there camp. are any. Well, so, so that's that. That was kind of the main thing. Nike pulled out, and so mm. um, it's just been and and they've been doing it since I've been covering recruiting, which mm. so it's kind of crazy. 
Um, so it's just the opening. And then really, it's just the Elite 11 this year. They took a long time to get their schedule out. That's and, quarterbacks, um, right? Elite 11 quarterbacks. Yes, it's quarterbacks. And what, but the, what they have done in the past is invited other positions too, but it's definitely quarterback focused. I haven't had a chance. I just saw the schedule. The schedule wasn't out when I was planning out my my spring, so I got to go back and look at the schedule and see what they're going to do. But yes, it's definitely quarterbacks. They obviously are going to need running backs to come, um, and and DBs and stuff. But um, yeah. you know, it's just it's one of those camps that's is slowly kind of sort of dying. Maybe they just stick with the elite eleven. All right, major takeaways from Atlanta Under Armour uh, camp. You know, this is this deep deep recruiting, so we don't need to get into it too much. But anything that stood out that our listeners need to know about. Yeah, so I I actually went on my way there. I spent a day in um in Asheville visiting um Christ School. And we talked about this. This was actually right before that visit. I did not meet your guy. Yeah, I don't think he was there. Jeff Joyce, shout out, loyal listener. I think he was some he was away. He wanted to meet you. Well, um he because... wanted to take a take a photo with you and get it framed <laughs> and put it in his office. Um uh, because um yeah, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> um, because of uh, it's very academic focused school, I had to go right after school end it. Yeah. So, so um, so yeah. So and talked to Caden Jones. That was really interesting conversation. We had a story up last week on that. Um, and uh, you know, North Carolina is really in it. You know, he's a kid who's just kind of a little bit all over the place. Has a bunch of schools that he's really interested in, but really likes Chiswick and really likes um. Mac Brown, so I think that's going to help North Carolina stay in it with him. Um, but he definitely likes the Alabama situation there. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about that. Um, but the actual camp, Jake Merklinger was there. That's you know, he's a I think he's ranked number fifty eight in the nation overall, not mm-hmm. not just quarterbacks. So he's obviously a big um, target of North Carolina's, and he and he returned to UNC. This past weekend, we'll have an update from that visit. But the, the thing with Merklinger was coming out of that camp, he 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 has avoided media for the most part prior to that camp. But obviously, you can't avoid a media there because there's tons <laughs> of media, particularly at the Atlanta one. But he was great, and he answered a lot of questions, and he was smart about it where he actually had his schedule planned out before he arrived and, and broke the news on the schedule at, mm. the, at the camp. So, um, you know, he laid out his visits. He, he's basically down to five schools north carolina being one of them what the other four? visit those was that what are the other four sorry the other four are michigan like he's, state he's kind of emerging as a, a big time target yeah georgia michigan state tennessee and virginia tech he has a visit schedule coming up with with georgia michigan state and tennessee and is trying to schedule one to virginia tech so um in the weekly scoop we kind of broke down just you know there's a lot of things i was able to gather just to kind of talk into other people you know, other reporters, other, you know, people close to him, people that know what Merklinger's kind of sort of thinking. So we have a little bit of that in the, in the weekly scoop. But I actually left that camp um, and, and left my conversation with him recently feeling a lot better about North Carolina's chances. You know, I mean, when it comes to recruiting and you're competing against Tennessee and Georgia, I mean, you for a Georgia kid, mm-hmm. you know, you can't feel great about North Carolina's chances, but I think they're they're actually a lot better than what um what I initially thought. Is um, it take right now for Georgia? You think if you want to commit right now, you commit to Georgia? Yeah, I I believe so. Okay, you know, yeah, I, I think the 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 hold up there is Georgia has a, a quarterback already committed, but they want a two quarterback class Ooh. mostly because 
they don't have an incumbent starter and they're having a quarterback competition among like, I think three guys or uh, three or four guys. And the feeling is that at least one of them is going to transfer after the spring and potentially another one of those scholarship guys could transfer before the season, which will really leave their quarterback depth chart pretty empty. So, which is why they feel the need to sign more than one guy in this class. Okay. Um, Okay. I don't know if I have much more. I mean, other than your video messing up, we're going to apologize to those watching on YouTube about, about Don's video. I've been though. trying to fix it each time. As the soon audio as has, can. the audio has not been affected. And I think yes. most people listen to audio. Okay. I got, I got a question for you though, before we go, cause I'm, you're trying to wrap up. Well, I got one question for you real quick. Okay. All on right. these, on these camps, when you get all these recruiting reporters together, I mean, what's it like? Just a bunch of alphas hanging out. What's it like when you get all these guys who do have who know each other and do the same job? So it's like they kind of know the day to day of everybody's life. What's it like when all you guys get together? So it's actually not too bad. I don't. I wouldn't say alphas. I I say if anything, <laughs> like like sports nerds sort of thing. Like I'm finally around people who I'm like talking about. You know, the backup uh, catcher for the Phillies, and and they know who you know who I'm talking about, sort of thing. Um, but you know, I'll tell you that when I first started for a while there, there was always this like weird competition, like yeah. don't talk to like, cause obviously we were a scout for a while and like the rivals guys would not talk to you. And I actually, for a while there, I had a couple of friends who worked at rivals and we would kind of talk, but it had to be on the down low. Sort of thing. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want the other rivals guys to see you talk to them. But now it's like, um, I think because of all the, the movement and everything, yeah. And like, like Chad Simmons, for example, you know, we work with him at, or I work with him at, at, um, at scout. He's at on three I, now. Yeah. He's at on three. Now he was at rivals, but I've always had a really good relationship with him. So we'll kind of talk and, and all that. And it's no big deal. And he's pretty high up at on, on three that he's kind of like their, their focus, but I mean, he's cool, does a really good job and, and doesn't, you know, it's not this weird sort of competition thing. And there's even things where someone's like, Hey, I just talked to this guy. He mentioned UNC. You might want to go talk to him sort of thing. So there's definitely kind of the helping out. It's kind of almost like the, the old school newspaper guys when, when um, you used to have like, you know, a dozen newspapers covering a, a college team, which is no longer the case, but um you know, it was more of a camaraderie, and that's how it is now. Yeah, it's, These, a, fraternity. it's, like a, it's a fraternity. Yeah, well, I guess we can go that route. It's not like when Ross and I would compete, and Ross would, would not talk to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's like there's only there's only so many people in the world who do this job, and it's kind of a tight knit group of guys who know each other's know the ins and outs of the role. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Go. So, okay. I have a que- I have a question for you. All right. Unless you have more. Do you have more? I think that's it, man. I mean, I'm not too deep on the Under Armour Atlanta stuff. <laughs> um, obviously, the main part of the show was the the, the Pat Suthis interview. So, got, I, hey, by the way, we got to go with we got to go to uh, Tokyo, Mr. Tokyo with him. Okay, we'll have to do that. I'm not a big sushi person. Well, I think it's like Japanese food too, like rice okay. and other stuff. I want to be a sushi person, but I just I don't know. You don't strike me as a sushi person. Yeah. you're more like uh buffalo chicken dip wings pizza yeah my daughter loves sushi anyway um so i saw your tweet and i love it i love it love it love it i, I don't have it in front of me but you're going to do some exploring of small towns in north carolina 
Yeah, now that, you know, football is over and basketball is about to be over, you know, I got a little more time on my hands. And if NFL is over, is a big thing. Like, I don't have – there's no NFL games on Sunday, so you're given with some more time. And so I went to travel to these small towns in North Carolina that I've never been to and go to, like, the local brewery or go get, you know, get some food at the local restaurant, walk around, maybe do some hikes or some walks. So we drove to New Bern yesterday. Oh, how'd it go? Go a little farther than I think we want to go in the future. Yeah. It's about two and a half hours, two fifty, two hours, fifty minutes. So it's kind of a long drive for a day trip. Um, but yeah, who's I'm, we? It is me and my female, special female friend. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask um, if you wanted to do one of these, tri- if if you wanted me to come along with one of these trips. But if you have a um, a co-pilot, I'm not going to worry about that. I'll let you. Where you would you want to go? What town would you want to go? I don't know. So the one the one reason why I love this is because um, there was a Fourth of July. This was this was a few like a while ago, where we all of a sudden were kidless because of you. We have a blended family, and and last minute someone's like, "Hey, can I take him? Hey, can I take her?" And we're like, "Oh my god, what are we gonna do?" So anyway, so of course everything's booked. It was last minute, and so we got a a, a place in quote unquote Little Washington. Do you know what Little Washington yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, that's actually close to New Bern. It's on the near the coast, right? On the yes, water there. Yes. Yep. And so, um, yeah, we um, now we 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 like the one day we drove out to the Outer Banks, and I think we drove somewhere nice. else too. But we purposely try to make it that we only ate in Little Washington, and it was actually pretty cool. You know, we ended up eating at every single restaurant there in just three days. <laughs> so because yeah, I mean, there's some. Kind of like a small town charm thing. Yeah. These little places like this. Newburn had a great downtown. There's not much going on there. No fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I was talking with my special um, female friend, and um, I was saying like this could be a great like little tourist town if they kind of made it like if that if that if that's how they kind of identify themselves like a bunch of bars, breweries like they're on the water there on um on a river there and they could make it kind of like a destination place. There's just not a lot of people living there. Yes. I think. That's the but problem. they could because the downtown's great and there's some restaurants, but they just need to they don't have much identity. Um, yes, I little yeah. You, if going to UNC, you meet people from these little towns. And so I had a another I had a special lady friend from uh, Wash the Wash Little Washington that I okay. had a couple of romantic um, run-ins with in college. That's why that's how I, that's how I know that town. I'll tell you oh, more boy. off air on that one. What um what's your next stop? I don't know. Actually, I'd love to take suggestions. I, I imagine we have. A lot of people who listen from different parts of North Carolina. So, you know, keep it within an hour and a half driving um, with that has a nice little downtown and some stuff to do. I'd love to take suggestions. We'll probably get a couple in here in the spring and summer. What um, about Holly Springs? Nah, too suburban. <laughs> um, the we'll funny see. part is it's only like really my neighborhood that's suburban. Yeah. I mean, your neighborhood is the epitome of suburban America. That's who you are? Yeah. 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 All right. Anything else? No. All right. Good. That's it. Good show here, guys. We'll see you in another two weeks on the Scoop um, podcast. Uh, brought to you by Giant T-Shirt and JohnT-Shirt.com. We appreciate you all watching and listening. And now for a breaking news portion of the podcast, guys, we're back with you on Monday evening, early evening. Uh, we had to jump back on the podcast because shortly after we recorded on Monday morning, UNC got a commitment in the 2024 class. Davion Gaze committed to the Tar Heels, the running back out of Hollywood, Florida, um, four-star kid, 
215 pounds. He's ranked number 255 in the nation, number 20 ranked running back, and number 40 ranked player in Florida. I really want to appreciate uh, and thank Don for taking the time to hop back on here, providing y'all with some info. We thought it'd be best to talk about Davion now rather than waiting two weeks to, to get into him. So this guy commits, um, becomes UNC's fourth commitment in the 2024 class. Don, what happened here uh, for UNC to land? I would assume probably their only running back commitment of this class. We'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, so it was just a guy that, that Larry Porter did a really good job of establishing a relationship with. Um, for the past uh, couple of months and um, got him on campus this past weekend. Obviously we talked about it a little bit in the podcast that we already recorded, but, um, and apparently liked it, you know, obviously um, he took, he arrived on Saturday, like everyone else uh, attended the basketball game, the Duke UNC basketball game on Saturday, and then attended practice on Sunday they remained in the area and even came back to campus on Monday. But um, I think they took some time Sunday night to kind of hang out. Him and his, his parents came with him. And um, and then, you know, while he was on his way to the airport, he committed to North Carolina. What other schools were was, was he looking at? Could he kind of pick UNC over? Yeah, so uh, UCF was the only school that he visited in January, the only other school he's visited this offseason and was probably the main school that was recruiting him pretty heavily. But during the season, he also took – um, unofficial visits to Florida State, Miami, Michigan, Texas A&M, um, and then, of course, UCF. Um, so there were other interests in him, for sure. Well, his offer list is actually incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he plays for, you know, a a Florida powerhouse and, you know, won the state championship um, last season and the season prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, had unbelievable numbers, was a max prep sophomore, All-American a bunch of other accolades also. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas, um, some of the biggest schools here, Colorado offered, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Louisville, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oregon, South Carolina, Texas A&M, USC, Utah, West Virginia. So a lot of big schools offered. Davion Gase, he commits to UNC. Okay, um, what kind of running back is he? What kind of player is he? What can you guys tell us about? Uh, this 24-7 sports composite four-star prospect. So his nickname is Bullet, and I think that kind of fits him pretty well. You know, he's a bigger back. Yeah, I think what's 5'11", 215, you know, he's a thick guy. But the way he runs is, is like he basically was shot out of a gun, straight line, running through arm tackles, finds the, uh, the, the best lane and just kind of hits it hard. You know, you're going to have to get a couple of guys um, to, to – uh, to be on them, to bring them down. Okay. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Davion Gates, we want to talk about him now rather than wait two weeks. Like I said, um, he becomes UNC's fourth class. You know, he's the only rank plot prospect for the Tar Heels right now. That could change as 24-7 sports ranks more players. Um, and that wraps up this portion of this. We appreciate you all listening. I don't know where it's going to go in the podcast, but now you have your Davion Gates segment. Um, And we will uh, check you next time in about two weeks on the Scoop podcast.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.